Hey, it's Stephanie, and this is Kids These Days, a podcast brought to you by grant funding from the Kansas Department for Children and Families. Hello, Haney here, and I am back with another episode as we continue to explore anti-bias and all of the wonderful parts and pieces that fit together to form that puzzle. Um, if you've tuned in to the last few episodes, you've heard me give an overview of antibias, and then you heard Sarah help us get a little more comfortable with being uncomfortable by exploring our own biases. As we continue this journey, we'll continue to explore each of these pillars and see how they can impact not only our work with young children, but ourselves as well. Because after all, we can't just have one without the other. Early childhood and the adults that are involved in young children's lives, it's really just such a unique field in that so much of what we do is a reflection of our own selves. It's, you know, it's a reflection of who we are, how we see the world, and how we know and expect it to operate. Uh, And that's really shown in our work with young children and how we handle them and how we guide them and and bring them to know the world. So that being said, let's continue that deep dive into identity. So we gave an overview of the first pillar describing identity as each person's construction of their individual and social identities. It's all about self-awareness, confidence, pride, and feeling good or not so good about who you are. Children can use respectful language to describe who they are and who others are, and they are comfortable at home and at school, comfortable in being their true selves. That's the goal of identity. So we look at identity um, and saying, who am I? How and where do I belong? And what influences do I have on the world and the people around me? When you have a strong sense of identity, you feel valued and worthy of attention. And how do we build that? How do we build that child's identity? Well, (laughs) you know, as with most everything in this field and in early childhood, it's relationships. So children use safe and secure relationships as that foundation. They have to feel safe. They have to feel secure within relationships and with the adults around them in order to be able to have that type of brain capacity to form how they identify themselves on both that personal and social level. And just like how children learn about colors, shapes, and the world around them, They start to develop their identity or their sense of identity through observation, right? That's how we learn in the early years is through observation. So think of that like horrifying moment in the grocery store when the little two-year-old points to a man and says, of course, it's loudly. There is no filter on volume. (laughs) It says to the man, mommy, why doesn't that man have any legs? And then you just see that mom turn redder than a radish and practically like whisk their child away from the quote unquote embarrassing moment. But here's the deal. Within that one seemingly for the child innocent question, that kiddo was on his journey to identity. So he's able to do some critical thinking, some comparison, some contrasting, seeing the physical differences, and then asking about them. He was saying, hey, that person's not like me, and I want to know why. 
And that's where we come in. When children begin to make those observations and explore that world of similarities and differences, how they form these connections is based on the social meaning that is attached to them. I'm going to read that one again because that one is always, like, that's so big, right? So when children begin to make those observations and explore the world of similarities and differences, how they form these connections is based on the social meaning attached to them. In other words, how the adults that, of course, they have those secure relationships with, how the adults react to certain situations, That mom that picked up the child and whisked him away from the situation elicits or brings about a very different understanding for the child than her mom who briefly and calmly explains that some people might be missing legs for any number of reasons. So it's all, again, in how that adult reacts and then that that child assigns that meaning based on their experiences. So, too... We have children or, or children are internalizing their own beliefs on identity and self-concept. So we know the terrible twos, right? You know that phrase, the, the, the whole stage of I'll do it myself, me do it. And of course, we can't get away from the twos without that two-letter word, no. Right? So as much of these phrases are like just nails on a chalkboard, For adults in the world who work with young children, I challenge you to take a step back and think about this moment and recognize that when you hear that, no, or I'll do it myself, or I can do it, that child child is not, not just literally saying to you, but really they are, I'm figuring out who I am and this is how I'm doing it. Right, so they're not they're not going to say that in the those sense of the terms every single exact word, but they are demonstrating their developing self of identity and awareness that they are separate individuals. So when a child insists on taking eight minutes to tie their own shoes when you could have done it in probably thirty seconds, they are saying, "I've got this. I can do this," and that is identity. Uh, It's them seeing for themselves what they can and can't do and exploring how these moments fit under and within their cultural umbrella. So we also see that identity is how they're defined by others. So when we meet a new child, how do we react? Oh, I love your hair. Oh, you're so cute. Oh, what a cool shirt you have. Right? So those reactions are labels that we're putting onto the child And it can either add to or subtract from their construction of their own identity. And just like most things with young children, the more these labels are repeated, the more they become a part of their self-image. Okay, so my disclaimer at this point is that there are so many more facets to identity than I can put into 20 minutes. Right? This is just, and I know we call this a deep dive, but it's still the tip of the iceberg within the deep dive, right? Because identity is physical and emotional and cultural and racial. It's ability and esteem and confidence. It's self-concept, self-worth, self-pride. It's positive. It's negative. It changes day to day, minute to minute, right? There's so much that goes into identity. But 
what I can do for our limited time remaining is hands-on strategies to nurture that identity, right? Because that's what we want. For those that are like me, if you're out there and you're like me, this is where you perk up in the session, right? So anytime I'm in like a professional development event or a conference or any type of learning, yes, I listen to the content. Yes, I listen to the big picture. I listen to the knowledge of it. I take in the info and I know it all applies to my work, but what I crave is hands-on. I crave the things that I can write down on a piece of paper and implement in my classroom the next time I'm there. Or I can turn it over in my brain and think about how can I make this work for me? How can I use this information? Right? So I call it my toolbox. And you'll hear me talk about this a lot, right? <laughs> um, but I call it my toolbox. And I, you know, after all of these years that I've been in this field, I continue to add to my toolbox. We will never be done adding to our toolbox. So like, and I, and I say toolbox because like, for example, um, say you need a wrench for a job. Okay. So I had to, I had to actually Google this, but there are 23 types of wrenches. How crazy is that? Right? So we think a wrench is a wrench, right? Nope. There's 23 different types. And the reason why is because each different type of wrench fits an exact need for each different job. Right? So we have very different children in our care. And so we need the 23 wrenches because not every child and not every family is the same. Right? So we add and add and add and add to our toolbox. So we have that exact wrench for the exact job. Isn't that crazy? 23. Fun fact for you today. Put that in your brain. Use it for trivia night. Do what you need to with it. (laughs) So, okay, so how do we nurture and facilitate identity? Well, I said it earlier. First off, relationships, right? So we start with relationships, secure and responsive relationships where children feel safe. That's our foundation. Then we can build on that foundation with helping that child to explore who they are within all of their contexts, not just an individual person, but as a classmate, or as a child, or um, as a friend, as a peer, whatever it is, not only their individual selves, but their social selves. Then we foster our identity through encouragement. So looking at how that child communicates and attempts to interact, pay attention to that and encourage it, right? This helps to show that you value them and you believe they are important. It's turning to that child. It's making eye contact with them. It's taking the time. Even though you know there's 99 other things that's going on in the classroom, take that time to hone in and be with that child, right? Allowing them to express their feelings. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to be sad. We are their supports to express those emotions. But we also play a pretty big role in guiding how they express those emotions, but there's, you know, that's a huge other rabbit hole that we'll, we'll go down another day. Not today, but we'll get there. Also giving choices and opportunities to make decisions. So they need those opportunities to exercise their preferences. And giving choices and letting them make those decisions is the right way to do it. 
So that doesn't mean, oh, would you like gummy worms or apple for a snack? Because, you know, my choice, I'm always going to say gummy worms, right? But if you're not prepared for that answer, then don't give those options, right? But it does mean, would you like to put on your hat or your gloves first? Would you like chicken or hamburger for dinner? Just remember, when you give those choices, you have to be okay with either option they decide. <laughs> um, and if they want to be independent, plan for it, right? So back to the shoe tying scenario. My nephew is just learning, right? So it's easier to take the 30 seconds and just do it for him. But if he's asserting his independence, if he's saying, I want to tie my shoes, I need to tie my shoes because I know that I can, then we plan an extra 10 minutes in the morning so he can have that opportunity within his routine. Then we also have encouragement of their effort, right? So it's not just the end product. It's not, wow, that's a beautiful painting. But it's also looking at the process. Wow, you are trying so hard. I love the way you keep trying different options until you get it. I know you'll get there. You're doing an awesome job of trying. You know, I think sometimes we we end up with the end result, but also we need to celebrate the process. Because in life, we've learned things that we want take a lot of hard work. And it's, it's that commitment, that dedication, that follow through that we encourage and support. Another big one is modeling. So what our children see is what they become. They are sponges. I know we've heard this. They, they suck it all in. They take it all up, right? So we have to model that positive identity as well. So we show that we're proud of our own selves, our own accomplishment, but also we're respectful and encouraging of others. We can know that we have differences, but also treat those differences with respect because at the end of the day, well, I mean, I guess all day long, <laughs> I guess all day long, we're all human and we all have those feelings and we all deserve to be honored and respected for who we are as individuals. And we model that for our young children because what they see is what they're going to do. Uh, another form of encouragement for to helping children develop their own sense of identity um, is encouraging interests and abilities, right? So spend time with them, see what areas they're interested in and what they gravitate toward, and then set up opportunities to encourage those interests, giving, you know, giving those loose boundaries, but also those opportunities to say, hey, you want to do this? Let's go for it, dude. Like, let's jump in and let's do that. And then finally, of a of an abbreviated list, this one's also a big one, is giving opportunities in dramatic play and pretend play. So I know this one's big in classroom setups and lots of times in home setups, um, but and and even for parents too, right? So when we have opportunities to pretend. We are giving opportunities to explore a variety of roles, giving opportunities to try out, to test out different roles, what it would be like to be this, this, and this, what challenges they're facing with this, this, and this. The dramatic play area, I think, is so underrated, but it is so significant and such a huge part of identity development and allowing children 
to to explore some of those concepts from the social world that it just it can't be understated and it just it should be encouraged and supported and and just just embraced just embraced right okay so that's what we can add to our toolbox today and as we continue to explore those four pillars of antibias um you know i hope you'll join us next time too oh i just remembered i hope you join us te- next time because next time is a Q&A and if everything works out we are going to be able to get some practitioners so like some professionals from the field that are working one-on-one with children that have experienced maybe some opportunities to support encourage develop identity um and we'll just hear from them and their perspective and um you know I think we can all learn and grow and encourage one another um and having those voices are just so important so that's it for me today I gave you content I gave you trivia 23 wrenches remember that 23 types of wrenches um and so thanks for your toolbox so um I will sign off and as always I wish you well Kids These Days is a co-production of the Casido Kids Infant Toddler Specialist Network and Casido Workforce Development Programs. These programs are supported through a grant from the Kansas Department for Children and Families, Child Care, and Early Education Services. However, information or opinions expressed herein do not necessarily reflect the position or policy of the agency, and no official endorsement should be inferred. If you have questions, comments, suggestions, or want to share your practice related to this or a previous episode, please email us at kidsthesedayspod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at at kidsthesedayspod. Be sure to check out the resources for this episode in the show notes. And don't forget to rate, review, and hit subscribe. This episode was written, recorded, and edited by Stephanie Haney and music track Hackbeat by Kevin McLeod.